Shalom, this is Rabbi Ben Newman. I'll be reading today for days 747 through 749 of my daily Zohar reading. This corresponds to page one, part two of the Zohar, page 162b through 163b. I'll only read it in English today um, for various reasons. Hopefully I'll be able to get back to the Aramaic and get back on a regular schedule sometime soon. I have a lot on my plate right now. Um, this is also corresponding to page 437 of the Pritzker edition Zohar, volume 5, translated by Professor Daniel Matt. I'll start at the top of the page. You shall love, Deuteronomy 5, 6, beginning of the right, to love the Blessed Holy One with the love of his cleaving. Who is that? This right arouses love. If one loves the Blessed Holy One, he arouses his right toward him and receives him in love. All things in the world depend only upon will. Spirit draws spirit, bringing spirit, and the mnemonic is, if he sets his heart upon him, he will gather in his spirit and soul. Job 34.14 When a person arouses love toward the Blessed Holy One, arousal of the right is roused only in three ways, as is written, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Deuteronomy 6.5 Look, three ways here. For you should not say, either one or the other, rather, all are necessary, since it is not written or with all or with all your soul, or with all your might, rather all are necessary, heart, soul, and wealth. Then the Blessed Holy One arouses his right hand toward him, extending it to him and receiving him. Of this is written Yudhevavhe's utterance to my Lord, sit at my right hand, Psalm one ten one. We have already aroused the mystery of this verse, that King David was speaking about this rung when linked to the right. Thirteen commandments here on the right. You shall love Yudhe your God, one, with all your heart, two, with all your soul, three, and with all your might, four. You shall retell them incisively to your children, five, and speak of them, six, when you sit in your house, seven, and when you go on the way, eight, and when you lie down, nine, and when you rise, ten. You shall bind them as a sign upon your hand, eleven, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, twelve. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house, thirteen. These thirteen commandments depend on the right, and left is included in right, and so it should be. Whenever left arouses, right begins at first. Therefore, if they prove worthy, left is included in right, and if not, right is included in left and left dominates. The mnemonic for this is if at the beginning, as in if by my laws you walk, Leviticus 26.3. Everywhere left arouses in love and mystery of right, and afterwards its judgment intensifies, and so it should be everywhere. The companions have already aroused the meaning of these matters. Rabbi Chia came and kissed him. He opened, saying, The dwelling you shall make of tent curtains, Exodus 26.1. Here is mystery of unification, for perfection of the dwelling consists of numerous rungs, and of it is written, The dwelling will be one, Exodus 26.6, to demonstrate that all members of the body are mystery of one body. In a human being are numerous members, higher and lower, some internal within, some vis others visible ex externally, yet all are called one body, one person in a single bond. So too the dwelling. All those members correspond to the pattern 
above, and when all joins as one, then is written, the dwelling will be one. Commandments of Torah are all members and limbs in mystery above. When they all join as one, then all amount to one mystery, and the mystery of the dwelling, consisting of limbs and members, all amount to mystery of Adam, the human, resembling commandments of Torah, for commandments of Torah are all in mystery of Adam, male and female, because when they join together, they are one mystery of Adam. When one who omits even a single commandment of Torah diminishes, as it were, the image of faith, for all those members and limbs form the image of Adam. Thus all attains mystery of unification, and since Israel is one nation, it is written, You, my flock, flock of my pasture, are Adam, human, Ezekiel 34.31. And it is written, Who is like your people, Israel, one nation on earth, 2 Samuel 7.23. Rabbi Yitzchak was in the presence of Rabbi Eleazar and said to him, Surely the love that a person feels for the Blessed Holy One is aroused only from the heart. For the heart is arousal, arousing love toward him, and the compassionate one desires the heart. If so, why is it written, With all your heart, and afterward, and with all your soul? Deuteronomy 6.5, implying that there are two types, one the heart and another the soul. If the heart is the essence, why need the soul? He replied, Surely heart and soul are two, uniting into one. For heart, soul, and wealth all unite with one another, and heart is unification of all. This corresponds to what has been said, With all levavecha, your heart, with two hearts, namely two impulses, one the good impulse, the other the evil impulse. Each one of these two is called heart. One is called good heart, the other evil heart. We're now on page 163a. Therefore, levavecha, namely, two, the good impulse and the evil impulse. Uvechol nafshecha, with all your soul. The verse should read, with your soul. What is with all your soul? Why with all? Well, to include nefesh, ruach, and neshama, that is with all your soul, whatever this soul holds, to all the levels of soul, all three aspects of soul. And with all your wealth, similarly, there are various kinds of wealth, all different from one another, and so it is written, and with all. Love for the Blessed Holy One entails offering Him all this, loving Him with every single one. Now you might say, how can a person love the Blessed Holy One with the evil impulse? For look, the evil impulse is hostile, preventing a person from serving the Blessed Holy One. How can he love Him with it? Well, this is a greater service of the Blessed Holy One, when the evil impulse is overturned by the love that one feels for the Blessed Holy One. For when the evil impulse is overturned and broken by a person, this is true love of the Blessed Holy One, since he knows how to draw that evil impulse to his service. Here is a mystery for master of qualities. Footnote 708, master of qualities, mare midin, Masters of qualities or attributes, those who have mastered not only ethical but also divine qualities or attributes, namely the Sfirot. Every Back to the text, everything the Blessed Holy One has made above and below is all intended to manifest His glory and all is for His service. Now who has ever seen a servant denouncing his master, opposing everything that his master wishes? It is the will of the Blessed Holy One that humans should serve Him constantly, walking in the path of truth, thereby becoming worthy of many benefits. Since this is His will, how can an evil servant come and oppose by His Master's will, luring people to an evil path, distancing them from the good path, and causing them to disobey the will of their Lord? 
but actually he is doing the will of his master. This may be compared to a king who had an only son, whom he loved exceedingly. He commanded him in love not to approach an evil woman, for whoever approached her would be unworthy of entering the king's palace. The son consented to do his father's will in love. In the king's abode outside was a harlot, comely in appearance and beautiful in form. Some days later, the king said, I want to see my son's devotion to me. He called for that harlot and said to her, Go, go and seduce my son to see his son's devotion to him. That harlot, what could she do? She went after his son and began embracing him, kissing him, seducing him with all kinds of enticements. If that son is worthy and obeys his father's command, he rebukes her, pays no heed to her, and thrusts her away from him. Then the father rejoices in his son and brings him into the palace, giving him gifts and presents and great honor. Who caused all this honor for that son? You must admit that harlot. And that harlot... Does she deserve praise for this or not? Surely she does from every aspect. First, because she carried out the king's command, and second, because she brought upon the son all this honor, all this goodness, all this love of the king toward him. Therefore it is written, and look, it was very good. Genesis 131, and look, it was good. This is the angel of life. Very is the angel of death, who is surely very good for whoever heeds his Lord's command. Footnote 711 just as the harlot deserves praise for obeying the king and for enabling the son to prove his virtue, so the evil impulse deserves praise. The verse in Genesis reads, God saw all that he had made, and look, it was very good. Here, Rabbi Elazar quotes a Midrashic interpretation from Breshit Rabbah. Look, it was good. This is the angel of life. Very, this is the angel of death. According to this Midrashic source, the angel of death is very good because he kills those who fail to accumulate good deeds. Back to the text, come and see, were it not for this accuser, the righteous would not inherit those supernal treasures reserved for them in the world that is coming. Happy are they who have encountered this accuser, and happy are they who have not encountered him. Happy are they who have encountered him, for through him they inherit all that goodness, all that bliss, all those delights of the world that is coming, of which is written, No eye has seen, O God, but you, what you will do for one who awaits you. Isaiah 64, 3. Happy are they who have not encountered him, for through him they inherit hell and are banished from the land of the living. The wicked who do not heed their Lord and are drawn after him. Therefore the righteous should be grateful to him, for through him they inherit all that goodness, bliss, and delight in the world that is coming. What is the benefit for this accuser when the wicked obey him? Now we're on page 163b. Well, even though he has no benefit, he fulfills the command of his master. There, furthermore, he is strengthened because of this. Since he is evil, he becomes stronger when perpetrating evil. A wicked person is strengthened only after he has killed someone. Once he has killed people, he is emboldened, empowered potently, and feels pleasure. Similarly, that accuser grows in power only after he has lured people, accused him, and killed them. Then he is pleased, strengthened, and potently empowered. Just as the side of life is strengthened when people are good and walk on the straight path, so too this accuser is strengthened and empowered when the wicked heed him and are dominated by him. May the compassionate one save us. Happy are they who are worthy of defeating him and overturning him, earning the world that is coming because of him. One should be strengthened by the Blessed Holy One constantly. Of this is said, happy is the human whose strength is in you, highways in their heart. Psalm 84, 6. Happy are they in this world, and happy are they in the world that is coming. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Chia were traveling on the road, 
and Rabbi Eleazar met them. As soon as they saw him, they all dismounted from their donkeys. Rabbi Eleazar said, Surely I have seen the face of Shekhinah, for when one sees the righteous or virtuous of the generation and meets them, they are surely the face of Shekhinah. Why are they called the face of Shekhinah? Because Shekhinah is hidden within them. She is in, con- she is in concealment, and they are revealed, for those close to Shekhinah are called her face. And who are they? Those with whom she adorns herself to appear before the supernal king. Now, since you are here, surely Shekhinah is arrayed upon you, and you are her face. He opened, saying, Please take my blessing that has been brought to you. Genesis thirty-three eleven. When Jacob saw Samael the accuser on that night, he saw him in the form of Esau, and did not recognize him until morning rose. As soon as morning rose, he looked upon him. He saw him with a face concealed and revealed. Gazing at that image like the image of Esau, he immediately perceived that it was the prince of Esau. He seized him. What is written, let me go, for dawn is breaking. Genesis thirty-two twenty-seven. And the companions have adduced, because his time had arrived to offer song and praise to the Blessed Holy One, therefore, for dawn is breaking. Here one should contemplate, for surely his dominion is only at night in the darkness, and this is the mystery of terror in the nights, Song of Songs 3.8, namely the fear of hell, as for its saying in the nights, he and his female, therefore he rules only by night. This is why it says, he said, let me go for dawn is breaking. Why for dawn is breaking? Because when morning comes and the dominion of darkness of night is eliminated, then he and his legions enter the hollow of the great abyss in the north until night enters and dogs are untied, ruling and roaming the night until morning comes. This is why he said urgently, for dawn is breaking, because he does not rule by day. Similarly, the exile of Israel, which resembles night and is called night, Edom, the wicked kingdom, rules over Israel until morning comes, when the Blessed Holy One will illumine them and Edom's dominion will be eliminated. Therefore, for dawn is breaking, he was pressured by Jacob's hold and his power weakened, for night had passed. So Jacob held him tight and saw that his image was like that of Esau, though not so clearly. And then he confirmed the blessings. What is written previously? For truly I have seen your face as one who sees the face of Elohim, and you received me favorably. Genesis 33.10 For he saw in that face the identical image in which Samael appeared to him, because any realm to which a person is linked is revealed in his face. As for you, Shekhinah is with you, and your faces are like her face. Happy are you. He said, If we were going on the same way, I would sit with you. But now that you are heading your way and I am heading mine, I will part from you with a word of Torah. That's it for today's reading. Take care.